Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's time for another hour of your favorite sports gambling show. What is this going to be? Moneyline. With the two best hosts to ever do it. I love my contract. Love my teammates. Uh, Donnie Wrightside. Do what the Sixers did, Charlotte. Just just win seven games a year for four years. Eventually, you'll find somebody, and you'll be on the upswing again if it works out in your favor. And Kevin Walsh. Some say how crazy talented the NBA is right now. I'm not even oh. trying to get into a debate. He's not even the most talented offensive big man in the NBA right now, in my honest opinion. On the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius XM Channel 159. And away we go. Oh, my goodness. Has it been a while, people? We finally get to speak and have some fun right here on Moneyline. On hiatus last week. Why? Because the Sports Grid Network was live from Las Vegas, home of Super Bowl 58, Allegiant Stadium. And we're going to go over everything that we did over the past week, have some fun with that, and let the people know what we were doing, where we were at. Because if you weren't watching the Sports Grid Network, people, you were doing it wrong. I'm Donnie Wrightside. This this is Moneyline, the best hour of your day right here on the Sports Grid Network. I'm going to have a solo mission today. Kevin fought all the way through being under the weather and the sickness to put on a show yesterday for you on Super Bowl Sunday. Both myself, Joe Lisi, and Kevin Walsh. Pro football today, one last go around. I got to the studio around 1.15. By the time I got home at night, it was just after 1 a.m., a long day for most of us, which include old K-Dub, who's under the weather. So he's got a couple days off. So I'll have you this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday by myself, and we're going to kick it off and have some fun. Now, if anybody is on X, and no, I don't mean the drug, Twitter, put out a video today coming into today's show, because I'm pretty excited about this. I am. And here's the reason why. We saw something yesterday, and the biggest moments of the biggest football games seem to always get our attention, and rightfully so. You have coaches, quarterbacks, and players playing on the biggest stage, a game that they've played all of their lives. But we see it so many times. Head coaches and players making bad decisions in the biggest moments. And we're not even talking about calculated risks. We're just talking about buffoonery, basically, here. You know how we were going through the NFC Championship, right? And the NFC Playoffs. San Francisco 49ers, and rightfully so, probably the best overall team in the NFC. If you take a look from an offensive perspective and a defensive perspective, it was the Niners. They were elite on both sides of the football. 
and they had a great play caller as a head coach. But just because you're a great play caller doesn't always mean that leads to success. Now, leading up to the Super Bowl, yes, there were questions. Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, been there, done that, right? We all knew that. They were a fantastic football team over the past couple years. Andy Reid was a great coach in Philadelphia, but just not able to get over the hump, right? Multiple NFC Championship games finally break through in 2004, and they lose to the Patriots by a field goal in that game as touchdown underdogs. But fast forward here to Kansas City. We've seen Andy Reid make some mistakes before, and we've seen Andy Reid not be able to handle the clock as you know wisely as you would wish. And case in point, that 2004 Super Bowl season against the New England Patriots, Andy Reid basically went into slow-mo when the Eagles needed to pick it up at the end of the football game, didn't leave them a lot of time to try to tie that football game up, and they didn't and they lost. That's always been a crutch for Andy Reid. He's always been really bad with clock management on game day. But a different criticism can be said here of Kyle Shanahan. And we're going to get into the play-by-play in the games where some of the biggest moments and what we thought would happen. But let's just get to exactly the point of my video today that I put out saying, you got to get on Moneyline today. Kyle Shanahan, right? And again, preface this before. Dan Campbell, is a great motivational head coach, and his players, no doubt about it, want to play for him. But in the biggest moments of the season, Dan Campbell crumbled in the biggest moments just when he had to make simple, effective decisions. That's the job of the head coach. It's almost like when we talk about guys, right? You take a look at officials on the field, umpires in Major League Baseball. If we don't notice them, that means they had a pretty good game. If you do notice them, that probably means there's going to be some controversy. Kyle Shanahan, again, is a great football coach. But back to Dan Campbell in that NFC Championship game. Buffoonery all over the place. Going for a fourth down willy-nilly. The Lions should be in the Super Bowl. Do you know why they're not? Well, yeah, their players didn't make enough plays to get into the Super Bowl. But also, your coach didn't put his best foot forward and held you back. Case in point, just a few weeks earlier against the Dallas Cowboys, absolutely lost his mind while he tried to deceive the referees and wasn't able to do that and then had no idea how to manage the rest of the game because his emotions got in the way and they lost that game to the Cowboys, which they probably should have won. Now we move forward to the Super Bowl and Kyle Shanahan, who got the benefit of Coach Rockhead, as I call him there, Dan Campbell, on moving on to the Super Bowl. And how does he repay the favor for Dan Campbell boosting him into the Super Bowl? Do you know what he does? Gives it right back. Let's not even talk about play calling right now. Let's just set it up as we go to overtime. Everybody knows that the rules changed. And if you want to point to the fact that the San Francisco 49ers didn't necessarily know play-by-play or player-wise how the overtime went, that's not even a story. It really isn't. You guys know I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Donovan McNabb had no idea about 15 years ago how overtime was supposed to work. Because he ended up with an overtime game against the Cincinnati Bengals, then looked stupid at the postgame press conference by saying he didn't know there could actually be a tie. You take that off of him and you put that on the head coach, right? Coach is supposed to explain it. But even so, most of the people watching overtime yesterday from their couch, a little bit confusing and understandable. We've never seen this scenario actually play out. But for Kyle Shanahan to win the toss and take the football was egregious. There's now been 58 Super Bowls. It was a boneheaded play back in the 90s, if you remember. Leon Lett returning a fumble for a touchdown, which Don Beebe, 
I believe, of the Buffalo Bills, chased him down and knocked it out about the half-yard line. That didn't you know, go into the annals of history as what a monster play because that meant the Buffalo Bills were going to win the football game. No, it didn't. It was just a great hustle play and a stupid, stupid play by Leon Lett. But it didn't cost the Dallas Cowboys anything here. Kyle Shanahan choosing the football in overtime is the biggest blunder we've ever seen in the history of Super Bowls. How could you be that dumb as a head coach? How could you be that smart as an offensive coordinator but not understand simplicity of what matters? And I brought it up on the show yesterday. Like, I played Division Three college football back in the day, right? This was 1998. We had just gotten overtime rules in college. My head coach in game number two of the season, we went to overtime. He took the football first because he thought if we scored a touchdown, the game was over. Imbecile move. We actually ended up winning that game, but not because of the head coach, right? That's a dumb move. There's a reason why in college football, you don't take the first ball, or you don't take ball first, I should say, because you want to counter punch no matter what the other team does. If they take the football in college and they miss a field goal, do you know what you need? Just to make a field goal. Now, we're going to get into it in the next segment, how dumb this decision actually was. Go over some key plays in Super Bowl 58. Let the people out there know what we were doing out in Las Vegas last week. And now it's official. We are back on Moneyline, and we are ready to rock. Don't go anywhere, people. Keep it right here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Kyle Shanahan in the crosshairs right here on Moneyline on a Monday afternoon, Series XM Channel 159. Donnie Wright's out here on a solo mission. Let's get into it yesterday and what we saw. Uh, number one, I ended up losing money overall in that game. And by the way, I had a couple people, a couple parlays lined up that just needed the 49ers to win that football game. A couple plus 375s, had one 675 in there. And I thought I had it, but I didn't. It's okay. That's back to back Super Bowls I lost. And back-to-back Super Bowls were my team, which was laying under three points, 
had a double-digit lead and didn't come away with the victory. It happens. It's what it is, and Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal quarterback, and Andy Reid is a great coach. There's no getting around that. 49ers should have won that football game, but didn't because why? In the biggest moments here, Kansas City didn't freeze, and the 49ers did. Let's take a look at overtime. And again, as I prefaced it in the previous segment, one of the biggest blunders we've ever seen, ever seen, in NFL playoff history was Kyle Shannon taking the football. And as I was prefacing it and setting it up before we went to the break, back in 1998, college football finally got the overtime period installed. And my coach wasn't all that fluid with it. We ended up winning the football game, but it was a big-time blunder. Because, again, the premise is you want to have the football last because you already know what you need to do. Whether or not the other team kicked a field goal, which means you have to drive down and get at least a field goal. If the other team scored a touchdown, you now know you must drive down the field and get a touchdown. For the people out there that are using this asinine scenario of Kyle Shanahan thought his defense was tired, so he didn't want to put them out there first, you're already debunked. Because they went out there second and gave up a touchdown. So my question to you would be, what's the point then? If your defense was gassed, you run them out there and you give up a touchdown, you go, okay, now I know I need a touchdown. And I get four downs to get a first down and four downs and or in the red zone to score a touchdown. Because I know that's exactly what I need. So if you open the football game, let's just play devil's advocate. Kyle Shanahan makes the right decision and kicks the football off. And the Chiefs go seven plays, 65 yards, whatever, and score a touchdown. Shanahan then turns around and tells his offense, hey, guys, we're in constant four-down territory. That's how we're going to set this drive up because we know we need a touchdown. And if you score said touchdown, do you know what you can do at that point? If you say, boy, I don't know if my defense can hold up, you can go for two. And win the football game. And trust me right now, if the Chiefs had gotten the ball first and scored a touchdown, and the 49ers had followed with another touchdown, and Kyle Shanahan went for it on a two-point conversion and didn't get it and said, you know what? It's being aggressive. We had two yards to win a Super Bowl. My defense was gassed. My offense has carried me this entire year. I wanted to put the weight on them. Nobody would have had a problem with that. We would have cherished it and said, you know what? That's a coach that trusts his offensive football team, and they should have won the football game. But that didn't happen. You watched that first drive in overtime, right? And right out of the gate, when we saw it, Nance goes, boy, that's an interesting decision not to take the football right there. So already it was perked up. But I couldn't believe it as I was watching. Now, keep in mind, we were in studio yesterday. And I was in sitting with the fellas watching the game. Now, we had a couple different rooms that you can go into, but the live studio had Scott Farrell, Joe Ranieri, and Gabe doing the show live. And I was off to the side watching the same monitor. Now, granted, you can't have the, the uh, audio on in the studio because you're doing a show. So I'm not hearing what they're saying. But immediately, the question came up. What are the San Francisco 49ers doing taking the football here? It doesn't make any sense, and it never makes sense. Don't let these quasi-analysts tell you, which even Kyle Shanahan doubled down on an even stupider take, which I absolutely loved and was flaming him last night as we closed down Super Bowl 58 a little bit after 11 o'clock. And I said to myself, Kyle Shanahan's explanation for taking the football in overtime was we wanted to play for the third possession. Now, you might think right now, like, okay, that makes some sense. Answer me once again this question. 
He was playing for the third possession. Did we even get a third possession, people? No, we didn't, which made it more idiotic and moronic by the moment. How could you play for, hey, Kyle, why don't you play for the first possession? Because if that made sense, right? Think about it. Think this out. If that made sense, when you drove the football down the field and you got into that red zone, it was first down and 15, excuse me, first down and 10 from the 15. You handed off the CMC, got you six yards. The very next play you handed off again, didn't get you any yards. So it's third and four. What you should have done once again is that was supposed to be four down territory playing on his theory, right? Hand the football off, maybe get one, two, maybe get a first down. Let's just say you handed the football off and got three yards there. Kyle Shanahan wasn't going to kick that field goal. He wasn't. He probably would have went for it at that point. But they threw a pass on third and four and didn't get it. So, of course, you say, I'm going to kick the field goal and put points on the board. But I ask you this same question. Do you see where this lines up? The very next situation that pops up, if you already took the football and kicked off, excuse me, had the football and kicked off, in that same instance of fourth and four, you had to go for it. Why? It's simple. You already saw the Kansas City Chiefs score a touchdown. It's that simple. How could you take the football first? It didn't make any sense. And didn't we feel like once that field goal was made, nah, they're not getting that football back because it's Patrick Mahomes. Now, let's play devil's advocate on the other side, right? Let's just say we're trying to say, all right, they did the right thing, Kyle Shanahan. They kicked the football off. And the same first play set came out where the Kansas City Chiefs wound up in fourth and roughly one yard on their own, what, 34-yard line? I don't think they would have punted the football. I think Andy Reid would have stayed aggressive. But it still would come into your head by going, you know what? If I stop them on this play here, all I need is a field goal. You see? Do you see what I mean? You stop them there, and all you need is a field goal at that point. You don't need a touchdown, so you know exactly what plays to call. The fact that you're flying blind on offense first is so ridiculous, the theme here. That everybody, like the tweets after the game for me, like just sitting on your couch at home, you knew you weren't supposed to take the football. How could Kyle Shanahan take the football there? It's still baffling. And then the simple fact, did you guys see at the end of the game? And, you know, I drove home at an hour and a half ride from the studio. Didn't get home until about 1 o'clock. Was trying to catch up on a couple news and notes. Went to sleep and woke up this morning only to find out, which I loved, Andy Reid going, yeah, if we won the toss, of course we were kicking off. I wish he would have added in there only a buffoon would have taken that football. Unbelievably egregious. Was it the end-all, be-all decision of the football game? No, it wasn't. But people, we have a pattern here now for Kyle Shanahan. And that pattern is coming up small in the biggest moments. Kyle Shanahan has been a part of three Super Bowls. 
Kyle Shanahan's football teams in those three Super Bowls have all had double-digit leads. Kyle Shanahan's football teams have not won any of those games. And yes, I do understand that Dan Quinn was the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons when they lost a 28-3 lead against the New England Patriots. But if you remember probably the biggest play of that game, the Atlanta Falcons were driving, and all they needed to do was kick a field goal, and that would have been a done deal. The game was in a dome. Kyle Shanahan called a pass. Matt Ryan got sacked, and the rest is history. The New England Patriots went to overtime and ended up beating the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Shanahan in the biggest games, he is the biggest loser. Now, there was a lot of good stuff on Super Bowl 58. Let's talk about that. And also, the Sports Grid Network out in Las Vegas for an entire week. Yeah, we were. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Yes, sir. A little spinners here in the afternoon on the Monday. I love when the spinners come on here. Whenever you call me, I'll be there, which means the phone lines are open, people. They're open. You can get through. 844-843-6879. You know the numbers here. Did you have a bad beat yesterday? You upset about that, how that game worked out? Were you rooting for a certain squad that didn't come through in the San Francisco 49ers? Did you win money on the Kansas City Chiefs? Did you just say, Donnie, you know what? All I had to do was see plus money on the Kansas City Chiefs, and that was going to be enough for me. Now, I'm watching some of the highlights here coming through on the TV. We'll get to the uh, Sports Grid work week out there in just a little bit, just update you guys on what we actually did. But 13.30 to go in the third quarter. San Francisco up 10-3, to 3, a horrendous interception by Patrick Mahomes. Should have been a knockout punch for the San Francisco 49ers, and they weren't able to do anything with it. They weren't. But let's get out of the third quarter here. Let's get to the fourth quarter. When everything started to come into shape here. You saw a lead for the San Francisco 49ers. And then you had a third and ten play with Travis Kelsey converted into a first down. That was a massive play. It's only ten minutes ago in the football game. You stop them there. Sky's the limit at that point. 
49ers. Then let's let's fast forward to. That was earlier in the fourth quarter, but a massive play and a great play call, which got Travis Kelsey wide open over the middle and a completion, which would allow Kansas City to go down and score. But how about this? The 49ers had a first and 10 on the 40-yard line going in. Tie football game, people. Tie football game, 16-16. So now you're starting to look at a similar play to what we saw last year in the Super Bowl. It was the Kansas City Chiefs with the football, where they were looking to obviously score, yes, in a tie game, but they wanted to run the clock all the way down to kick a field goal last year like Kansas City did. On that first and 10 play from the 40-yard line with 3.23 on the clock, they hand it off to Christian McCaffrey, who gained five yards. And you're saying, another couple seconds. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Second and five. Shanahan goes to the air, and they throw that dump off, which Spags brought a lot of heat there, which gained like a half a yard, roughly, out to George Kittle. But still, that clock kept moving here. Third and four at the two-minute warning. This was the game right here for San Francisco. Number one, San Francisco was in field goal range, obviously. But as you are setting that up, Spags brings heavy heat on a blitz. The interesting part about that was, again, I'm not upset with the play call from Kyle Shanahan. But if they did run the football and picked up a couple yards, they'd probably go for it on fourth down. Because effectively, with the timeouts that the Chiefs had, which I believe were only two at the time, you would have then been able to run out the clock and kick a field goal. But it was a great play call by defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo of the Kansas City Chiefs to bring that heat. Incomplete pass, field goal was made, 19-6. to Now you knew you gave a lot, or excuse me, kept a lot of time on the clock for the Kansas City Chiefs. The one thing that you were probably hoping for, right? Of course, strip sack fumble and the football game you win. Yes. But I think most of us were probably saying, you know what? If the Chiefs can get this football down the field, all they really want to do is what? Get in the field goal range, right? That's all. But if you're the 49ers, you're like, you know what? I don't want it to be a 33-yard field goal. Let's at least make them earn this, right? There was a third and seven for the Kansas City Chiefs. 16 seconds left, and the ball on the 34-yard line. So if you're doing the quick math, that's a 51-yard field goal. It's in a dome, and Bucker actually made a 57-yarder earlier. I get that. And last year, Harrison Bucker did make the game-winning field goal, which was basically a chip shot against the Eagles. So he's been there with pressure. But there's a little bit different pressure where you're lining up in a football game that you're losing, not tied, and you have to connect from 51 yards, that would have been interesting. But again, an unbelievable schematic play call by head coach Andy Reid, which allowed a pass, a crossing route, to Travis Kelsey to get them down to the 11-yard line. Now you're worried about losing the Super Bowl right off the bat if you're the San Francisco 49ers. But they were able to bow up in the red zone, an out route, or I should have said, but basically a back shoulder fade in the corner of the end zone that Travis Kelsey comes up incomplete, six seconds left. They end up kicking the field goal. And it was a chip shot. And of course, Harrison Bucker made that. 
Then you get to overtime. Let's play this out, too, because we already talked enough about the terrible decision to actually take the football as to kick off in overtime. So let's remove that. The 49ers had a second and six on that first drive in overtime at the 50-yard line. A dump off to Christian McCaffrey, which gets you down to the 26. Now you're feeling that mojo. Now you're saying to yourself, it looks like we have a legitimate chance to score a touchdown and really put the pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Second and two after a run that got, I believe the CMC might have got eight yards on that. The next run, terrible holding call. And not a terrible call by the referees, just a terrible hold on San Francisco, which moves you back to second and 12. Now, here's one of the more interesting plays in the Super Bowl, guys, overall, if you remember this one. It was a play where Brock Purdy was flushed out of the pocket and rolled to his right. Looked like he was going to run, maybe pick up a couple yards, but stops in his track and sort of backs up a bit. Throws a football sort of sidearm and finds Kyle Juszczyk. Gets two feet down, reaches for the first down, but loses control. So immediately, again, we're watching this in the studio, and we're saying, like, wait a second. There's going to be no instant replay? But if you remember, like most people are going to point to the Dez play. If Kyle Juszczyk caught that football in whatever that Dez play was, what, what year was it? 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013? I don't even know what year it was. It doesn't matter. Somewhere around the 2010s, I believe. Dez did just about the same exact thing going to the ground but didn't survive. But back then, there was. You had to survive the ground even if you made a football move. Same thing that we saw, I believe, it was uh, Jesse James' touchdown. I want to say it was Jesse James for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They caught the football, went on one knee, reached over, and lost control. Why basically scored a touchdown. Well, they changed that rule. And in 2017, that same year, Zach Ertz scored a touchdown on a similar play, but he was ruled to be a runner and not going to the ground. And Gene Steratore made the correct decision, and the Eagles scored a touchdown. But if you remember, those rules have been changed here in the NFL that allows for the football move to be made. As long as you have two feet down, it doesn't matter if you lose control going to the ground because it's clear. Kyle Juszczyk did catch that football. Kyle Juszczyk did then say, okay, here's the first down marker. One, two, reach out, lose control. So the NFL is right on that decision, but it's hard to swallow because we've seen decades upon decades upon decades as that play actually not being officially a catch. So I wanted to go back and watch the fourth quarter today, which I did, just to hear the commentary on what was being said. Because us in the studio, we were a little bit baffled because we wanted to hear the explanation, who I believe Gene Steratore was actually in the booth explaining it there. And the NFL actually did get that right. In today's game, that is a catch. Five, ten years ago, that was not a catch. So everybody's saying, oh, see, Dez caught it. No, Dez did not catch it. If Dez caught that pass in 2024, yeah, it would have been a completion. But when Dez made the play, it was a very easy by-the-playbook rule. Dez didn't catch that football based on the rules back when he did that. And it was an easy call and an incompletion. And the only people that thought he caught it, obviously, were Dallas Cowboys fans. And you could be your fandom there and get clouded vision of that and say, I don't care, he caught it. But every competent football fan knew Dez didn't catch that ball. And it was a great call. And I believe maybe even Gene, I don't even know who the referee was in that game. Maybe it was Gene Steratore there. But the appropriate call was made, and rightfully so. Dez didn't catch that. But Kyle Juszczyk, based on the new rules, 
If Juszczyk caught that football in Green Bay as a player for the Dallas Cowboys and not Des Bryant, it still would have been incomplete back then. But if that game was played in 2024, Des might be a hero, and the Dallas Cowboys are actually going to move forward to play in an NFC championship game, something they can't seem to find their way to do that. But then again, here we go. And this is where it gets interesting again in overtime, right? So we go from the use check catch, which immediately turns into a first down at the 15-yard line, which Christian McCaffrey runs for six yards. They are bludgeoning this football team now. And again, the new rules of overtime state, if you score a touchdown, no matter what happens, the other team still gets a crack at it here. But now you're driving. It looks like you are going to score the touchdown that you wanted to at least to put the pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs where they didn't only need a field goal. The very next play is a stuffed run, which turned it into third and four. And again, here comes in the commentary of what was actually supposed to take place because you wanted to know exactly what you needed. Not in a tie game saying, well, I hope we hold him on defense here because that third and four call was critical. Now I'm going to credit Steve Spagnola more than I disparage Kyle Shanahan because if that blitz call is picked up and that ball is complete and San Francisco scores a touchdown, we're going to say what a great play call it was. But that didn't happen. Ball was knocked down, incomplete, great pass call, confused the offensive line which led to a San Francisco field goal. And back down the field, we know how it all went. Super Bowl champions once again, Kansas City Chiefs. Why? Because they made every play call and every play. And Patrick Mahomes cashed in the biggest moment in that game, throwing for over 330 yards and two touchdown passes, and yet another MVP award. Amazingness from the Chiefs. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. And now, back to Moneyline with Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. Yes, sir. It's a Monday post-Super Bowl Sunday. People, what are you going to do with your life out there? What's going to happen now? You have no more football all the way through. And don't give me the USF or whatever the heck it's called. That horrible football league. We got to roughly, I don't know, when do the juices start get going again for football? Maybe draft time in April? 
which I like the draft, but I don't pay much attention to it outside of like the first round. And, you know, you get a little summary after like, okay, this team picked up a couple good players, I think, but we don't know who those players technically are going to be until a few years later. It's like, oh, that was a great draft pick in the second round. Boy, that was a terrible first round draft pick. We don't necessarily know of that, right? So as we try to line up and say, you know what? It's going to be okay because we got a lot of fun to look forward to. February is a great basketball month in college basketball. It really is. No doubt about it. We're just, we're roughly what? Two weeks, two and a half weeks away from some of the mid-majors getting going in their conference tournaments, which is sensational. And then three weeks, roughly, from some of the majors getting going. I think, I want to say, actually, it might be a little bit longer than that. It might be about four weeks. Because I think Selection Sunday, I want to say, is March 17th, I believe. So that weekend, right? 17th, 16th, 15th, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's when the big boys finally do it. And then you see, obviously, Selection Sunday and away we go there. But the boys were out and about in Las Vegas. And if you guys were watching any of the coverage, we had a great time. There's a reason why Las Vegas is the epicenter of the universe for sports gambling, gambling alike, and a vacation atmosphere. It all comes together. But before we do that, let me get to the phone lines here. 844-843-6879. X-Man calling in on a Monday. We got college basketball. We got NBA action. It's post-Super Bowl. What's up there, X-Man? What's up, man? It's a good day. Hey, hey. Back, mm-hmm. back from the Super Bowl on the East Coast. You know how we do. Yep. And um, congratulations to the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes back yeah. to back. You can call it a dynasty now. Yep. And um, I got the picks for the day, man. Give me them. Lay it out Going there. with the Kansas men's college basketball. Kansas Jayhawks. Uh-huh. They on the road, but I'm taking them on the money line. Got it. And then we going to the NBA. 25 points for Jamal Murray, 25 points for Trey Young. I need Mm -hmm. Trey Young and Jamal Murray. And then we going to the NHL. Going with the Philadelphia Flyers on the money line. The Flyers, the handle the Arizona Coyotes. We need that. 17 to 1. 17 to 1 to get our post Super Bowl breakdown going. That's my guy right there. Filling in for what we need. Because football's not in our lives anymore, X-Man. But the fact that you're handing gifts out here across multiple sports as we wind down the college basketball season, I love it there. So I appreciate the phone call today. We needed an uplifting moment here after that Super Bowl, X-Man. You gave it to us. Thank you for that. So there we go. X-Man always brings the goods. 17 to 1 here. Got a couple college basketball plays I do like, which I'll give out in the last segment there. But as I was getting to, and we love the phone calls. Anybody that calls in, of course, like to put them through, have some fun and talk, particularly X-Man, always bringing the good vibes out here, no doubt about it. But we were out there in Las Vegas. Flew in last Saturday. And by the way, I've been to Vegas many times. I don't take first class all that much because usually it's pretty expensive. But, you know, for flights for, for me, southern New Jersey, which I'll fly out of most of the times, either Atlantic City or Philadelphia, you're looking at under two hours on a plane. Not that big of a deal if you just have regular standard fare, right? You're in the cabin. It's, it's not that big of a deal. You get up in the air. You put your headphones on. And before you know it, you're there. But the, my flight, which I had booked early December, 
about a week and a half out, they're like, hey, you know what? There's first class, first class upgrades that you can get in. Now, it wasn't as expensive as before, but still, on top of the ticket, it was 240 upgrade each way. So I said to myself, that's close to a five-hour flight from Philadelphia into Las Vegas. It's a little bit quicker coming back because of the winds. Like, you know what? Let me do it. Let me tell you something, people. If it isn't an arm and a leg, which, again, sometimes it is. It's not even an option. But anywhere to the West Coast from the East Coast, or, again, you know, opposite directions, whatever. You're flying from L.A. to Philadelphia or Miami. Man, is it worth it to be in first class. I flew out late on Saturday night. I want to say my flight left around 8 o'clock Eastern and got out there around like, I don't know, 10, 30 or 11 in that range out in Las Vegas. But when I tell you, I just sat back in that seat, popped on the Internet, had my Bluetooth in, and just enjoyed my trip all the way out there. And whether it was one, two, three, four, close to five hours, felt like a breeze. It was amazing. Baggage claim, they came out first, got picked up by one of my buddies out there on the West Coast, dropped me off at the hotel, sensational, and then on the way back, also had first class on the way home. Unbelievable, man. Had to get up really early again, got to the airport around 4.45 in that range in the morning, flew back, didn't get in until maybe, I don't know, a little bit after 2 o'clock, but the flight was only about maybe 4 hours and 10 minutes in that range coming home. But again, first class, unbelievable, man. The difference in just the relaxation on flights over three hours is unbelievable. The only other time I had first class where I upgraded was uh, the wife and I went on vacation post-COVID to Jamaica, which, again, isn't a terribly long flight. I believe that flight's under, just under three hours, I want to say. That was awesome, like tremendous. But again, if you're flying from like Philadelphia to Florida or anywhere else, Charlotte, Atlanta, Next year, the Super Bowl will be going into New Orleans. It's not that bad. But my goodness, people, again, if you have the chance just to upgrade the first class at a decent number, do it and don't even think twice. It was awesome. Which then leads me to Las Vegas and why it really is the best sports town you can be in for the big game. I flew out to Las Vegas in, let me see, the 2016 college football season. Alabama played Clemson. I had an over and won that. Watched the game at Lagasse Stadium. I believe uh, Palazzo, I want to say that's in. But So I've been out there for big games, and it's fun. Didn't go to the game because, obviously, that game wasn't even in Las Vegas. The game, I believe, was actually at Levi's Stadium, I want to say, that championship game. But the fact now that you have a hockey team in Vegas and also an NFL team and soon to be an Oakland Athletics football, or excuse me, uh, baseball team, and then you're probably going to get the basketball team at a later time. It's a lot of walking. And I actually lost a lot of weight in Las Vegas. I'm at my lightest weight since my wedding in 2010. And during football season, by the way, and these, you know, these are just random things, right? I've been 24-hour fasting since late August. I started actually, I should say late August. September 1st was my first day. I was 228. You know what I weighed this morning after that long Super Bowl day yesterday up in the studio? 197. So I've lost a lot of weight and haven't even worked out all that much. Keeping the spirits high, keeping the energy good, light on my feet. Feel great here. But the steps in Las Vegas, as you people know if you've been out there, are outrageous. Now, we stayed at the Excalibur, which is right next to the Luxor on one side, New York, New York on the other side. Directly across the street is the Tropicana. And then a little bit to the left is the MGM. 
But when you say you got to walk, yeah, you're walking a long way in Vegas. I probably average close to fifteen to 16,000 steps every single day. And I was sitting around a lot because the Mandalay Bay, which is next to the Luxor, a tram runs between the Excalibur, the Luxor, and also the Mandalay Bay. It doesn't run in the morning, so we got dropped off each morning from the hotel right up front to the Mandalay Bay. But just getting into the Mandalay Bay and finding our way to Radio Row, it felt like it was at least a mile. Like you had to walk a mile once you got out of your car or the tram just to get there. It was exhausting. And I did that trip two to three times a day back and forth. Wildness. But by the way, our set there, fantastic. Being on the FanDuel Sportsbook set was awesome. The crew was great. Our crew behind the scenes was great. It couldn't have been a better time. Seamless transactions. I should say seamless transitions on the set. We were able to walk, have fun, bust balls. It was only a two-hour show. Four people on the set. Good buddies just talking football. And if you guys watch it, you saw the passion and the fun. And then we had a lot of interviews to do in the afternoon. We basically, you know, took rotations. Hey, so-and-so's coming over here in five minutes. You want to hand them? Sure, no problem at all. Hey, this person's coming over next. Want to hand them? Sure, no problem at all. Cake Boss is coming over. You want to do that interview? Sure. Dan Rue and Trey the Truth are coming over. You want to do that interview? Absolutely. Charlie Batch, Akbar, Bajabia Miller. How do you like that, people in my business, right? His brother KGB. That's a tough name to say on the fly, but I learned it. And a lot of those guys, very, very engaging. Chris Hetherington, who was a fullback for the 49ers, who just purchased Fatheads, you know those big stickers you put on your wall? He was a great guy as well. Love talking to him about Kyle Juszczyk. So the interviews were a lot of fun, but also it's a who's who out there on Radio Row. Everybody who's anybody, from Jason Kelsey to Trevor Lawrence... I mean, who like who are some of the other? Devonta Smith. But even seeing like the pro players walking around and see how big they are. Like when a Miles Garrett strolls by with his tree trunk legs, it's like, good grief. It'd be a quarterback trying to get out of the way from this guy. They're monsters in person. Jordan Mailata was out there, Eagles tackle. He is a monster human being. Cam Hayward out there, who I believe won NFL Man of the Year. An enormous human being. Enormous. But the spectacle is great. Here's the only issue, though, people. How early you have to get up on the West Coast for East Coast shows. Every morning we were basically opening the convention center, walking through. And by the way, Vegas, what what happened when it's 35 degrees in the morning as we're showing up to the show? It rained three and a half days out of the six, we were out there. But I woke up Sunday, and it was raining in the morning. And it rained Monday. And it rained Tuesday. And parts of Wednesday. It was incredible. But the walking is wild. But getting back to the initial point, the fact that you have that many hotels, that atmosphere on the strip, you look out the back of your hotel, the giant stadium, Allegiant Stadium, is right there. T-Mobile Arena is right behind the New York, New York Hotel. Everything is condensed. Now, we were out there early in the week as well, walking around getting vibes. There were so many, so many Edmonton Oilers jerseys out there because the Oilers took on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. 
And they were going for an NHL record 17 straight wins. and didn't get it. But it just goes to show you, like every other sports team, when you're saying, you know what? I usually pick a road trip or two to go on to watch my favorite team play. You're always picking Las Vegas. So much fun just to walk around and get the vibes. And it was like 40 degrees every day and rainy, and it was still great to see. And later in the week, as the anticipation built, more and more 49er fans were coming out there, man. It was incredible. The Niners were really well represented out there. A great overall week for the Sports Grid Network, putting our marketplace out there and saying, you know what? We're here to stay. We ain't going anywhere. And we're here to dominate. The boys kicked butt in Vegas. And it was so much fun to be out there with the entire crew doing big time things. One more segment to go. We'll close it down. Let's give out some picks. I'll be back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. By the way, taking a look at the uh, Super Bowl telecast yesterday. And again, being in studio, very rarely do I get to watch the Super Bowl by myself, which I was able to do last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. Basically, me and my daughter watching in the basement had a great time. Just a shame they couldn't win that football game. But you remember, and I don't know, maybe the audience I'm speaking to now, but I'm in my mid-40s. 80s and 90s, and even all the way up to the early 2000s, the commercials were a really big deal. They were a really big deal. You waited because the Super Bowl, and again, for me, the Eagles never got to the Super Bowl. You know, during when, when I was childhood growing up, 80s all the way through the 90s, didn't make it there to 2004. It was really just a party atmosphere. We went to a Super Bowl party, maybe you bet the game and, you know, had some fun and watched it and just got together with the boys or, you know, family party, whatever it was. It was more of the party, like, hey, the Dallas Cowboys are in it this year, the 49ers are in it this year, and, you know, who's going to do this, what you know, actual squares that you're going to play and all that stuff. Maybe you just had a an all-together, like, pool sheet where it's like, okay, there's 20 picks here. Everybody put in five bucks and try to answer as many questions as you can correct by the end of the football game, and the winner gets the pot, right? But the commercials were usually a big deal. I didn't hear anybody talking about any commercials this year. 
you know, the social media wasn't ablaze on anything there, right? That's what the most intriguing thing is. What happened to the Super Bowl where you're still paying like $5 million for a 30-second spot? Were there no memorable commercials yesterday? And by the way, Usher was very good at the half, watched it this morning. But the fact that he didn't sing, DJ got us falling in love. I had to take a little bit of a down, though. It was a very good performance by Usher. I love a lot of Usher's music. Love the performances overall. He just can't get away with not singing that. All right. A couple plays I like tonight on the college basketball hardwood. Top 10 Duke Blue Devils are at home at Cameron Indoor. But I'm going to take Wake Forest at plus 7.5. Great rebounding defensive team in ACC play. Very efficient on offense and defense. I think they can stay inside that number. And Lamar versus Incarnate Word in the Southland Conference. I'm going to lay the 5.5 with Lamar in that foot, in that basketball game. Plastered early in the season. Should do the same tonight. That'll do it for the show on a Monday post-Super Bowl 58 edition. The best part about Moneyline is, you know what? We're going to appear once again tomorrow on a Tuesday for a solo mission. For JP behind the wheels of steel, I'm Donnie Wrightside. See you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.